Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howell. And this is Talk by Chance Show. We talk all things movies, television, streaming, news, all that good stuff. And this week is the another entry into our anniversary series. This one we're looking at, do a little math in my head, 30 years. Movies turning 30 this year. And to which you guys gave us my cousin, Vinny. This is this one, I'll, I'll be clear. This is one of my picks. Uh, one that Russell and I are both pretty familiar with, but it is fun to revisit because, you know, I do have a lot to say about this film. But uh, before we get into that, we have some other things to talk about today. First of which is the wonderful world of sports. Got a couple things to talk about today. Uh, first of which is, I mean, it's a baseball story. We don't talk a lot of baseball on this show. Not this month for me because Yankees baseball has been depressing as of late. I think there's like a, like a stretch this August where we only won like four games. We turned Guardians that around. Are- turned it around recently, but yeah, uh, not looking good. <laughs> Wasn't looking good for a little bit. Guardians in first place in their division, AL Central, so I'll take it. Uh, the one, but I did want to talk about Julio Rodriguez and the Mariners. Uh, Rodriguez, big stud. Uh, he has just finalized an extension worth up to $400 million. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, seeing fig- Let me get the exact figures for you right here. I'll tell you what, seeing like some of these baseball contracts, it's like I look back and I realize like I, I picked the wrong sport when I was younger. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a uh, 200. It's 210 million dollar guarantee over 14 years with the ability to go to over 400 million dollars. Yeah, those those long contracts, but I feel like those long contracts, the back end of the careers where it starts to work against the team but I, th- I think the difference, the, difference, yeah, the difference between like a baseball contract and a football contract is you can have like these like decade and a half plus long contracts because like it's baseball is not a physically taxing sport okay uh, let me, let me present it's not as physically taxing as like a football or a basketball or even like a soccer yeah i mean but you're still i mean you figure 162 i mean 162 games against 17, and I, I get it. I'm not sitting there saying that football is not more uh, taxing, but definitely 162 games a year. If you're starting all those games, that's definitely taxing on the body, though. For no, sure. it is like it, it is like over time. But like you look at baseball, like a, a good chunk of that is just you standing around <laughs> waiting for them to happen. Well, yeah, like you get like the exception of the role. Obviously, like you have the, your Cal Ripken, your you know your 2,131 straight yeah, games without like, missing. You know, it's yeah, it's my, tough. My whole thing is like when's the last time we heard of like a, a season or like a season or career ending injury in fucking baseball. Yeah, you don't get that too, too much. You don't get that very often. No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to uh, – Julio, congrats on getting your money. Good job. Good job. Uh, next thing I want to talk about, we've got some uh, football stories. The preseason officially over. Uh, regular season is just around the corner. Uh, we've got some announcements as to uh, you know, some trades, some, some minor trades, cuts, and uh, you know, starts is going to happen week one. Uh, no surprise to anybody, Baker Mayfield was announced as the week one starter for Carolina. I mean, you given that you're playing the Cleveland Browns, you almost had to start him. Well, yeah, I mean that, and I just think that I think Baker Mayfield's a more viable uh, viable of a quarterback for their for their. Oh, uh, yeah, than the fucking Sam Darnold or yeah, so Matt, just, Matt Corral it, got hurt, so it just made sense that that was the way they were going to go. Even when they when they acquired him, that's kind of where you saw that they were going to go with that. Uh, the most depressing QB battle of the of the offseason has finally closed. Uh, Geno Smith will be the week one starter for the Seattle Seahawks. Oof, man, that's how the mighty have fallen, huh? Oh, my goodness. This team was on the verge of becoming a potential dynasty a couple, a couple years ago. Yeah. Then uh, one bad play call 
Yeah, one uh, run, one a no, no handoff, a no handoff, away. a pass. Away. They were yes, one, I, they were one pass away from being they were, a dynasty. They were a Malcolm Butler interception away. Yeah, but uh, you know, they decided to be hubris. That name be Pete Carroll. Uh, some other things to talk about. Uh, Russell, for your team, uh, Jimmy G has officially restructured his contract to remain with the 49ers through the remainder of the 2022-2023 season. Yeah. Uh, it, it had to be restructured because he had a pretty he had a pretty hefty contract, and they already announced well ahead of time that Trey Lance was going to be their guy from week one, so Jimmy G is now going to be the backup. I believe he might still be the highest paid backup in the NFL for me if I'm should be. I mean, I, yeah, it definitely definitely would you would think so. Uh but yeah, uh but the thing the funny thing about his contract is it has a it has a no trade no release clause. So he'll yeah. be so he'll be there no matter what. So like even if Seattle wanted to trade for for Jimmy G like half of the season they can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a good move for San Francisco just because um, if something would happen and Trey Lance gets hurt or whatever, you have, I mean, a backup that got you to the Super Bowl. I mean, you have a guy that's already handled that uh, pressure, knows the team, uh, has played in his big games like that. So to me, it's, I mean, I think it's a win-win. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're paying him very much. So I mean, you're still, you're still making good money for a backup, but like you're not like paying him like you know, not like paying Kirk Cousins money. Which we'll get no. to in a second. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, crazy. Uh, next thing we're talking about. Uh, it's a surprising move. Uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, defensive back for the New Orleans Saints, has been traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. This team just continues to keep stacking. Yeah, uh, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I still think they're not going to be. Uh, I don't know. They'll be like a five hundred team. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. There's no looking at their schedule. It's kind of just fucking. It's kind of just fucking soft, man. Well, then, well, the NFC East sucks. I mean, they, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think they get into the playoffs purely because they win the purely because they play in the NFC East. That's six giving. I mean, that's it's six games that they can easily. I mean, four for sure. Cowboys, you never know what you're going to get, but for sure, uh, Washington and uh, the Giants. Are just yeah, atro- like they, atrocious. I've been really impressed with the Eagles off season this year. You know. Bringing in Hassan Reddick, bringing in James Bradbury, get, getting AJ Brown, getting Jordan Davis in the draft. Like I think that I think they've made a really a lot of great moves. So I think that this is, I think that the Eagles are a sneaky team to watch in the next season. Yeah, I mean they're definitely that NFC East is a complete toss up. You know, you never know what you're going to get. Like there was a thing out they showed the division winners for the last like ten years or whatever. It's like all over. I think all four teams have won the division. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll win the football team. <laughs> <laughs> meme the, division was won by a meme itself. It was woofed. Yeah, what's up, the woofed? Uh, Get a captain. And uh, next thing we're next we're talking about right now is uh, Raiders twenty twenty one first round pick Alex Leatherwood has officially been waived from the team, which <laughs> I, which to me kind of just symbolizes just how bad the Gruden Mayock team was at drafting. Because like let me run down these run down these lists of. Uh, First rounders from the last couple of years. Uh, 2019, Jonathan Abram, fifth year after declined. 2019, Josh, Josh Jacobs, fifth year declined. 2019, Cleland Farrell, fifth year declined. 2020, Damon Annette, cut. 2020, Henry Ruggs, cut. And 2021, Alex Leatherwood, cut. It's like they just throw names onto a board and just throw darts at it. Well, that was the thing. Like They were just like known for like colossally reaching for players that they could have gotten much later. Yeah, I, it's 
there's, you know, there's no front office power there with them. They're the very, I mean, that's just shit, but it shows you, it shows you the, the lack of success that they've had. I mean, it, 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 it shows, you know what I mean? It shows yeah. itself. Uh, but I mean, I, I feel like he'd be, he'd be a serviceable lineman on another team, but yeah, I mean, it just, it just sucks like seeing where, you know, seeing a first round player get, you know, get drafted that high. Cause we had a pretty high draft when they got him last year. Uh, yeah, or, yeah, no, last year. And yeah, just to see, and he was like not great when he I was mean, playing. They were definitely in the, they would be like middle towards the end because they made the playoffs last year, didn't they? No, 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 a year before. Year before. Oh, oh, okay, never mind. Because I was going to say they played Cincinnati last year. It would, st- it would, still, it would still be mid because he was the 2021 first round, first round. Pick. Okay, he, never, he would still never be mind. Like a, like a mid to early first. Okay. He was still yeah. a colossal reach. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at it, it hasn't been an ascension to Marcus Russell. Jeez. Yeah. There you have it. Uh, and last thing, this isn't a story, but it's something I, something I saw that I want to talk about on I want to talk about the show because uh, you know, like I said, football season around the corner, and which means fantasy season is around the corner. Uh, I myself have two drafts coming up next week. And Russell, you, you you play fantasy, right? Yeah, you do. I I do. Um, uh, thankfully leaving the airport. Um, and just ugh, last year was so frustrating because I had a, I had the best team. I honestly did. I'm not even talking shit. I had I had the best team. I didn't win. And um. I just I just didn't get into anything this year, so it's, it's going to be nice. And I, there's a, there's a couple things that work. Um, it's a um, there's 32 people that signed up, and you get a football team. And I don't know our team yet. I don't know my team yet. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, well, yeah. <laughs> I hope not. I said, well, I I, I I permanently inked my body with the Niners, so I'm kind of hoping maybe no. Um, but no, it was one of those things where they give you a team, and if they score 33 points throughout the season. Uh, you win. Um, it's a $36 buy-in. Um, and then it just, yeah. So, and I said, no, in my life, I'll probably get like Jacksonville, somebody who'll never score 30 points. Um, uh, but then, well, yeah, the reason I, I brought this up is because uh, I, wa- I wanted to highlight this article I found on Twitter. Well, not, not found. Someone in my fantasy chat shared, shared it to me. Okay. And uh, this guy said, this is the first ever pro-America fantasy football guy. Woke uh, ESPN will never tell the truth. Like me, I know ball better, and everyone agrees. Uh, is this a book? Is this the this book that's coming out? Or whatever. No, it's, it's not. It's not a book. This is got. It's a okay. guy. It, uh, this this guy, Nick Adams. He nothing to do with professional football. Nothing to nice. do with professional football. He's an author and a major Trump guy who decided to make a fantasy football guide. So um, we're gonna go over some uh, these lists of players that he said to dra- that he said to drafts. Oh uh, starting with the kickers. So from 10 to 1, you have Nick Folk, Ryan Suckup, Daniel Carlson, Evan McPherson, Matt Prater, Graham Gano, Rodrigo Blankenship, Chris Boswell, Harrison Butker, and Mason Crosby. Notice what? anybody missing? Yeah, fucking first off, my boy Robbie Gold. And what about the uh, uh, Tucker? Yeah, okay. So here's what's about Tucker. Tucker has gone full woke, and soon the ball will, will be in need of a kicker. I'm expecting a lot of misses to the far left from Tucker this season. Do not overdraft Tucker this year and expect to win big in your fantasy league. Keep in mind, this is a guy who literally broke the kicking record last season. Yeah, that's that's stupid. And I, I love Robbie Gold. I think he's a he's just he's a sleeper. And he's a niner, but he's like he's Mr. Reliable. He's he's good enough. But yeah, yeah. Tucker not being on list Play, is crazy. Players to avoid. Uh Justin Tucker, Young Wegu, who I would argue as a top five kicker in the league. I would absolutely now. put him up there because he he definitely scores a lot of points. Matt Gay, Jake Elliott, and Josh Lambeau. Josh Lambeau, Josh Lambeau makes sense. But the fu- but no, the reason Josh Lambeau is not on this list, not because he's not rostered right now, because 
<laughs> the reason is Josh Lamb was a beta male who falsely accused Urban Meyer kicking him with a force with a force in malicious manner. He should be blackballed in this league and your fantasy draft. Which is funny because like that's just like not something you make up. Like I would never, as a grown man, admit to being kicked by another grown man. I'm just I'm just really surprised that gold's literally not even in this top half kickers. Because you know the Niners are gonna score points, so you're gonna get extra, you know what I mean? That's yeah. yeah, but this guy is yeah. I can't wait to see what else we got for this this gentleman. Uh, I, want, I want to see. I'm, I'm just really curious. Did, did Justin Decker miss a kick last season? I don't think he did. Uh, oh no, yeah, no, he he missed he missed two kicks. Which yeah, fuck it. I mean, hey, when you when you're making 90 percent of your kicks, you can miss two. It's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All right. I did I did tune in for that game against uh, Detroit that he hit the bar and went in. Oh my god, that was that was fucking incredible. I'm glad I caught that live too. Like, I remember Ju- I- like Justin Tucker, I think maybe this, is, maybe this is me. I think Justin Tucker should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh my yeah, he's he, he's I mean, guys guys tough. He's reliable. Um, and he sings but, opera. Does this? Well, yeah, he can't. Come on, he can't even beat that. Yeah, beat um, that. Come on. Do they have? Does he have more picks here? This is oh, he does. Fun. Oh yeah, no, no, no. So okay. moving on, defense ten to one. Uh, the Dolphins, the Buccaneers, the Patriots, yeah. which is bullshit. That defense is gonna fucking suck. Yeah, look, look what they did in the uh, playoffs last year. Yeah, the Chargers, the Saints, the Steelers, the Niners, the Bills, the Jaguars at two. What the fuck? And the Redskins, which he. No, I'm sorry, the Commanders. He hasn't written Redskins on this sheet. What is number one? He's on crack, man. There's no way. Defenses to avoid the Rams, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Seahawks, which I'll, I'll give you those two, and the Bengals. I mean, I would absolutely, I would put Cincy and I would put the Rams in the top 10. As much I, the, Ra- the, Rams. the Rams are easy top 10. Like, They're what? an easy top 10. Um, <laughs> Patriots would be low. To, like, they would be low. This is, I mean, this would, this is what he low. said. This is what he said about the Rams defense. The Rams defense is spearheaded by a violent thug, Aaron Donald. If justice served, Donald is arrested. <laughs> the Rams defense will be among <laughs> the most parts in the league. But they still got other. They still got other playmakers. Oh, we gotta talk about that. Aaron Donald also like went like yeah. helped Akimbo and practice a joint practice with the Bengals. Which first yeah. of all, whose idea was it to put the Rams and the Bengals, two teams that just played each other in the fucking Super Bowl, in a joint practice? Yeah, that's just stupid. Uh, but yeah, let me let, let's, let's talk about Aaron Donald real quick because I forgot to put that on the notes. Do you think Aaron Donald will be suspended for this? He should be. I mean, he should fuck? be. If, if Miles Garrett, if Miles Garrett got fucking six games for hitting Mason Rudolph, yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy should absolutely. And this guy went even like this was like a violent swing. Like you see the yeah. impact of the helmet on the helmet. And yeah, that's, that's, that's the whole thing kind of amplifies why I've never loved Aaron Donald. Like I'm not a wrong. fan. I just, I just don't, I just don't like him. Well, like, don't, I, don't, I, don't get me wrong. Like, he's incredibly talented. One of the best defensive players of his era, maybe of all time. He's a good but player, I've never but yeah, seen somebody that big and that good after such a fucking child, like a prima donna. He's just, he's just not. Yeah, he doesn't. It, it's not like you would tell your kid that this is who you want your role model to be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, is is he good on the football field? Absolutely. I mean, that's not even. It's not a question. Not, not, not debatable. No, it's not a question. But when you do the shit that you do, you know, I mean, it's almost like an Adamica Sue. Another great player. Yeah, no, I, in my in my mind, he's like a better Indominus Sue. Yeah, like, but to, to me, it's just like one of those things where it's like I don't know. It's Although, just, no, Indominus was was, dirt, was way dirtier. He was, but I mean, he's still a good football player. You can't take that from him. Oh, I, mean, I still think he's a really good football player. Indominus was great. Yeah, I, um, I, 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 I never, I never problem with his game. It's, it's just fucking attitude. 
And that's the thing. It's like, just shut up and play ball. Like to me, it's like, you don't hear anything about like, you know, uh, you know, like Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, like TJ Watt, um, TJ Watts, you know, you don't hear anything about those guys. Um, they do it. You also have to do, do no shit like this. No, they just go out and play ball. They let the stats argue for themselves, and that's how it should uh, be. But I do want to read this, the Jacksonville uh, reason. Uh, Saxonville is back. Josh Allen, the real oh. one, and number one overall pick Trayvon Walker looks poised to wreak havoc on opposing quarterbacks. Urban Meyer laid the foundation for an elite defense, which is funny because the defense was fucking trash when he was actually coaching and when he was actually there. Yeah, it was awful. This guy must be the a coaching staff fan. looks well, well suited to continue the work Urban started. I must be a Buckeye fan. Uh, all right, going on. This is this. I think is the bet is like the greatest list. So, uh, top ten tight ends. Oh boy. Uh, ten to one. Uh, Kyle Pitts, Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard, T.J. Hawkinson, Pat Freermuth, George Kittle at five. Why well, you're on fucking crack? Mark Andrews, Hunter Henry. At two, no, at the no way. You talking about New England's Hunter Henry? No way. Yeah, New, yeah. New England's own Hunter Henry. This is this is already horseshit. No, no, no. The real horse is number two. Number two, Tim Tebow. Oh my god, that's right. He's wow. Yeah. And number one, <laughs> Travis Kelsey. No way. Uh, first off, uh, yeah, that's just crazy. No, okay, no, Kelsey, look, I, uh, Kittle, Kittle's a monster. Kittle's a beast. Yeah. Kelsey deserves to be number one. Well, you got to put Kittle. You just have to put Kittle too. Yeah, Kittle, right. Kittle should be two. Kittle should easily be two. And then I would put uh, Andrews at three because he's yeah. he's a beast. And then I put that Hawk that that uh, Hawkinson. Uh, I put him at four. He's he's fun to watch. The fact that Kyle Pitts isn't even top five, I think. But like, but like, we're missing the point. Tim Tebow, a guy who right now is not even rostered on a team. I was gonna say I don't even think he signed with anybody. No, he, he was he was cut from Jacksonville immediately at the, at the preseason. Well, maybe they're gonna bolster the defense with Tim Tebow. Watch yourself. <laughs> uh, he, he, he failed a quarterback. Try, he failed a quarterback. Yeah. Tried tight end. Failed at that. <laughs> it's going to defense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, that's, it, says, that, it says here that Tebow would be the clear cut tight end number one or QB one if the NFL, if not for the NFL's anti guide agenda. Tebow's potential for production uh, is too God. high to miss out on a chance to stash him on your roster in the event the NFL ends their anti-Tebow crusade. At age 35, Tebow is a freak athlete and a field stretcher that could benefit any offense. Uh, no. No, I mean, like, whether, he, me, whether he can catch a pass or not, he, look, he can catch. Can't fucking block. We saw I, that in preseason. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I do think, I, I do like Tebow. I think he is a really good athlete. Um, He's a good I athlete. Think, he can't, can't, can't play quarterback. Can't play, can't play tight end. What the fuck can you do? No, he had a couple, couple. He had like a magical season there in Denver, but you, you see that. Uh, I think what New England got him too, and New England couldn't make a go of him. I think yeah, wasn't it? Right. No, New, wasn't uh, it? New, uh, New York, New York. The Jets. The Jets got him. Never mind. Okay, I thought New England tried their hands at him. Maybe they did. Let me check. I swear, I thought they. Tried. Oh, okay. He he was on he was on their practice squad one year. Okay, never mind. Um, a good athlete. Um, like I said, he had a good year with Denver that year that they beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Um, we don't talk about that. Well, it happened. 80 I yards. Know I know what happened. I don't <laughs> um, want to talk but, about it. But um, no, I, I, I just I think the, the, the window's kind of closed for that. Um, the sun's set on that. Yeah, like Tebow will never play on an, another NFL roster. So the, the bottom line, do not, we're not even done yet, but like, do not draft according to this shit list. And uh, players to avoid, he wrote uh, Zach Ertz, David Njoku, Darren Waller, someone else who should be easily top 10. 
Ertz had a decent year, though, uh, as much as um, Ertz. Ertz should be. Ertz is good. I don't know if he's top ten, but he's good. Well, he went. He went to Arizona, right? He did. He had good, but but he did. He had serviceable enough, uh, better than that uh, that Hunter, um, Hunter Henry. Because I remember I picked him up uh, a couple times, and he did dick. Yeah. Whenever I had him on fantasy football, so to put him in the top five like that's just and one and one craziness. of his one of his sleepers is Gronk, who just fucking retired. And he's Gronk's, just like, I'm never yeah. going back. I wouldn't be so well. I I think he's done, but no, I would. No, he's su- done. He's done. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Tommy Two Step uh, gets him in. I mean, if if, if that's going to happen, he's going to go to Tampa Bay. I, I just don't. I don't see. I, I really think he's. Uh, I think he's retired. Yeah. Uh, going to the list for what is this? Wide receivers. Oh ten, boy, here we, ten here to we one. Go. Here we go. Number ten, Terry McLaurin. Number nine, Devontae Adams. Yes. Well, that's D. Devonte Adams. That's really low. Number eight, Justin Jefferson. That's really low. Number seven, Braxton Berrios. What? Wow. Number six, Michael Pittman Jr. Wow. Number five, Jamar Chase. Number four, mm-hmm. Keenan Allen. Number three, Adam Thielen. Wow. Number two, Hunter Renfro. And number one, Cooper Cup. Where is the love for my boy D, though? Uh, not even mentioned. Not even mentioned here. <laughs> Uh, you could put it even uh, my my other boy Brandon Ayuk. You could put in the lower, but that's that's craziness, man. I, I, I know. Again, I, I am uh, completely one sided, obviously, because of our teams. But still, you got to put I, you absolutely got to put Debo up in the top ten. Yeah, uh, so players to avoid: DeAndre Hopkins, OBJ, Mike Evans. Mike Evans, who for the record has never had a season with less than a thousand yards receiving. Yeah, and he got. I mean, Brady throwing him. That's that's just craziness. Chase Claypool and Michael Thomas. I'll give you I'll give you Michael Thomas because I think the the ceiling's low for him. No, I mean, um, no, I mean if he's if he's healthy, he, he, he's, he's all. But, he, he's all but if he's healthy, OBJ, I'm, I'll give. I, th- I think he's fine. I, I think Thomas is, is fine. He? I think it's clear. Okay. Uh, OBJ, I'll give you that. Uh, I mean, what, stand, we don't, we don't know where we don't know where OBJ's playing, but that's no. not the issue. Um, Jefferson should be top top five, easy, easy, uh, like easy, easy. Devontae Adams should be like. But he, but he, but he knows three. He knows ball. He knows ball. Uh, Cooper Cup should be top three for sure. Well, Cooper uh, Cup is top three. He's number one. Yeah, yeah. And I would put Devonte Adams up there. I put Devonte Adams should easily be top three. I put Debo. I put he Jefferson. Should, he should be higher than fucking Hunter Renfro. I put Jefferson up there. I would put. Uh, I'd even put. <laughs> you get DeAndre Hopkins, a healthy DeAndre Hopkins, man. I, well, I mean, he's, he, he's he can gone ball. for he's gone for six games, but like it's only six uh, games. That's right. He could still ball though, man. That guy's dude, dude, that guy's he, look six games or not. That that dude can ball. Like, yeah, I mean, he he could put stats up like Derrick Henry. Like, you don't even need to play the first six games and spot people. You know what I mean? Um, Thinking of Derrick Henry, let's go into running backs. Oh man, this is this is gonna be frustrating again. I just I don't want to talk about this. The quarterbacks, I can't wait for the quarterbacks. Oh, the quarterbacks are gonna be fun. Oh, All right, so it. uh running backs. Uh number 10, Rex Burkhead from Houston. Oh wow. Number nine, Aaron Jones. Number six, I'm sorry, number number eight, Nick Chubb. Number seven, Travis Etienne. Oof. Number six, James Connor. Number nice. five, Derek Henry. Connor's too fucking high. Number Connor's four, Najee Harris. Okay. Number three, Ezekiel Elliott. Way too high. Number two, Jonathan Taylor. And number one, Christian McCaffrey. Okay, if Mr. Glass can stay healthy, I'll give yeah, you Yeah, like if McCaffrey River. can stay healthy, I'll give you that one. I'll give you one, and I'll give you a Taylor at two. Um, I, think, I think Zeke's too high. Yeah, no, Zeke being at three is fucking absurd. I would put Derrick Henry at three. 
Oh, or two. I would or put two, him in two yeah. or three. Yeah, I would put him up there. No, actually, I'd give you maybe top five for him. Yeah, I think I think I think I think the thing with he gets a lot of workload. Chubb should be top five. Chubb could be top five. Um, uh, players to avoid: Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, and Joe Mixon. Tell you like, what, if Barkley Barkley stays healthy, though, he's a top ten easy. At least three of these guys are like top ten running backs right now. Kamara, Kamara's top ten. Kamara's top ten. Cook's top ten. Barkley's top ten. Barkley. Bar- I put Barkley. Barkley, if, healthy, if healthy, if healthy, he's, he's top a top 10. ten easy. And then uh, I put Eliza Mitchell at number eleven. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just because. Why Just not? Because. Just because. But I she mean, it's a, a mean, he, deserve, baby. he deserves yeah. to be more unless more than fucking Rex Burkhead. It's it's Shanahan. They they. I mean, he always has a running running game. So I, I would I would put that up. Lastly, here. quarterbacks. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to leave. I'm gonna excuse <laughs> myself. This is gonna be bad. Ten to one. Number uh, ten. Tua Tungavaloa. Number oh, my nine. Appreciate that. Number nine. Mac Jones. Oof, man. Number eight. Matthew Stafford. All number right. seven. Trevor Lawrence. Number six. Wait, Derek what? Carr. What? Number five, Josh Allen. What? Number four, Tom Brady. All right. Number three, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this, is where, this, is where things, this is where things get nuts. Number two, Carson Wentz. What? And number one, Kirk Cousins. No way. All right. Wow. Okay. So. Yeah, I see. Then sleeper picks. Tim Tebow, Taysom have- <laughs> Hill, Malik Willis, Joe Flacco, Patrick Mahomes is on this list as a sleeper pick. Yeah, Patrick. Wow. Jimmy Garoppolo and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Lamar Players Jackson. to avoid Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Ryan Tannehill, which I'll give you, Joe Burrow. Uh, yeah, you're crazy. And Russell Wilson. Crazy. Yeah, that, that list could be – I mean, you could put anybody uh, – I'd throw Brady at one just because. Uh, no, absolutely I, I, fucking not. I, I'm a Brady guy. Doesn't deserve to be number one in, in, in your fan chair. Doesn't deserve to be number one in the NFL top 100. I'll throw that. Uh, I put. I'd put Josh Allen at two. Uh, I put him at two, and I put even. I, I mean, I, I mean, I'd put. I mean, despite the fact that Ty, Tyreek's gone, I put Mahomes at like two or three. I put Mahomes at three. I, I don't. I don't care for the people that beat us, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I put you absolutely put Lamar in the top ten. Oh, if he's oh, healthy, yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing about Lamar is like he can hurt you with the pass. Like he's not—he's not an awful passer. He's just like not great, but he can fix that. Stafford is a top ten. Stafford is Stafford. top. Yeah, Stafford Stafford's is top, top ten. 10. Absolutely. But as 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 much as I dislike Dax, will always Dax Prescott have put up decent stats. I, I would put him up in the top. I 10. would put Dak Prescott over fucking Kirk Cousins again, just because. I mean, I hate the Cowboys. I think we were both. I mean, very. Uh, Carson Wentz is like maybe the worst now. Daniel Jones, second worst QB in the NFC East. I would take. I mean, Mac. I would take Mac Jones over Kirk Cousins or anybody. I mean, that's just that's craziness. Um, Burrow's top ten. Uh, easy. You, Burrow top 10 Burrow's easy. a top ten quarterback. Um, Interesting. He didn't yeah. say to avoid Deshaun Watson. Uh, no, I. I mean, I think that's a given for this season. If, unless you play Dynasty. I mean, he's a pig, but it's yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I, but yeah, uh, if you're gonna play fantasy. I'm still a good quarterback. You gotta play fantasy. Uh, don't draft according to this shit. To this, this shit is, list. This is, this is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, my Trey Lance jersey came in. By the way, I ordered a Trey Lance jersey. Yes, <laughs> you, gave, you caved. 
Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't hard. I really wanted Garoppolo, but I knew I, I kind of waited cause I wanted to see what the hell was going on. Um, I ordered a Trey Lance Jersey, which they're normally 120 on, um, NFL shop. And I got it for 89, which is fantastic. And, um, I got back a, a white, uh, Tua Jersey woman's cut Jersey. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, cause she, she had, like I said, we got Ryan Tannehill. So we had to kind of, I even put Tannehill above Kirk Cousins, man. I would even throw in there. Tannehill's pretty decent. For regular when, season, yeah. With playoff time comes, I don't think he's the guy. I think Tennessee knows that was why they got Malik Willis. Yeah, I just yeah, man, that's that's a very oh that that uh that guy's very frustrating. So I I, I don't want to talk about it anymore because I'm yeah, frustrated this guy's pick. My God. What's <laughs> okay? We're moving on. Uh that is it for the wonderful world of sports. We now move on to trailer talk. Uh, first movie we're talking, first trailer we're talking about is for Empire of Light, a movie that I didn't really know about until I saw this trailer. Uh, this is a brand new Sam Mendes movie. Uh, basically, it's a love story that takes place in an English coastal cinema during the 1980s. Has a cast that features Oscar winner Olivia Coleman, Oscar winner uh, Colin Firth, Toby Jones, Tom Brooke, and uh, Michael Ward, who I've seen in a couple couple things. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Empire of Light? Uh, I dug it. Um, this is a definitely like a, a love letter to cinema. Um, I, I enjoy it. Um, great cast. Good director. Looks solid. I, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I, mean, I, I am too. I think this is, uh, has Oscar written all over it. I mean, Oscar nominations written all over it. And yeah. set for a release on like uh, December 9th, 2022. Probably going to be a limited release before it goes wide in January. That's at least that's what I would anticipate. Yeah. Uh, next trailer we're going to be talking about is for White Noise. So White Noise is the upcoming film from director Noah Baumbach. This one also stars Adam Driver as as have his last couple movies, uh, as well as Greta Gerwig, which is funny because we don't really see her act very much anymore. Yeah, no. Uh, as well as uh, Don Cheel. And basically, this takes place. Uh, this is about a professor of Hitler studies. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, it, 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 it takes place when their town is basically torn asunder by the airborne toxic event, which is a cataclysmic train accident that casts a chemical waste over this town. Uh, cast also includes Andre Benjamin and Alessandro Nivola. Uh, Russell, what did you think of the trailer for White Noise? I was waiting for uh, Michael uh, Michael Keaton white noise, but it was not it was the not white, uh, white noise. No- it was it was not the white noise that I was thinking. Um, you know, Bombach definitely you're, you're you're definitely a feel that he directed this film. Um, looks good enough. I, I, I Adam Driver, Greta Gerwig. I mean, it has a good solid cast with it. So uh, I, I I enjoyed Marriage Story. So uh, yeah, kind of kind of see what he uh, what he does as a follow up. But yeah, it, it looks it looks okay. Yeah, this is another this is another one of his Netflix films. This is I think, I think it's like three what three in a row? Yeah, three in a row. Yeah. Uh, and this is set for a release on December 30th, 2022. I'm sorry, on, I'm sorry. Yeah, December 30th on Netflix. It'll be it'll be debuting in some theaters on November 25th, 2022. Oh, I thought it was I thought it said September 30th. Uh no, December. Oh, okay. Never mind then. I must have read it down wrong. Uh next trailer we're talking about is for well, let's say on Netflix for a bit, Slumberland. 
Uh, Slumberland is another movie that just adds to my theory that Netflix is basically greenlighting projects on a dare. Uh, yeah. Slumberland is a, a live action retelling of the story of Little Nemo in Slumberlands, uh, the fictional book that published like way back when in like the, 19, like the early 1900s. Uh, this one's a gender flipped version uh, that a little Nemo. That's a uh, little Nima, and also stars. Uh, basically, what this is is uh, it's about a young girl who works with an outlaw to see her father again. Uh, features uh, Jason Moa as the outlaw and Kyle Chandler, coach, as hell yeah, Texas forever <laughs> as girls as Nima's father. Uh, this is directed by Francis Lawrence, uh, the guy who directed three of the four Hunger Games movies. Uh, Russell and oh shit, he's directing the new fucking Hunger Games. Hunger Games prequel. Cool. He is, yeah. Wow. Okay, so uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for uh, Slumberlands? So it's good to see Coach Eric Taylor. Um, just Kyle Chandler, such a great. He's such a good actor. Anyway, um, yeah, no, this doesn't. I mean, no, not so much. I mean, not so I'm much. not not so much. I'm gonna watch. Not gonna it, lie. But... I'm kind. I'm kind of into. I'm kind of into it. It's 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 yeah, weird. I mean, like, Eh, it's like uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to think. Yeah, could be, could be good. Could suck. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this, sure. This, this, this one that could genuinely go either way. Is this jingle jangle or is this the gray man? We don't know. <laughs> yeah, but we'll find out when this releases November eighteenth, twenty twenty two. Next trailer we're going to be talking about. Let's stick on the subject of streaming for a bit. Uh, this is the trailer for Pinocchio. Uh, we talked about the first teaser a little while ago, but this is for, not to be confused with Pinocchio, this is Pinocchio, the Disney Pinocchio. They'll be debuting on Disney Plus next month. Uh, I mean, I don't need to explain the story. This is the story of Pinocchio. Y'all, y'all know this. Y'all know, y'all know what we're doing here. Uh, but this is a Pinocchio movie directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring Tom Hanks as Geppetto, Cynthia Arrivo as the Blue Fairy, uh, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jiminy Cricket, among others. Uh, you know who else is in this movie that I didn't realize? Lorraine Bracco. Really? She's the, she's the fucking seagull. What? Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Uh, but yeah, Russell, uh, I'm not sure how, how, I mean, I know, this, look, I know live, live action Disney remake is your favorite subject on the planet. Absolutely. But I don't know what your connection is to Pinocchio. Personally, me, this is one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. I, I adore this fucking film. The, okay. original, the original fucking film, but like, it's, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't. I, I have a little. I have my feelings towards. But what do you think? I mean, I'm a fan of Pinocchio, the uh, OG Pinocchio. This one looks okay. I, I'm okay with it. Um, I think I'm gonna like this more than I like the Lion King remake because Lion King's my my favorite. I mean, Lion um, King's my fa- Lion King is my favorite. But I'm just saying, Pinocchio's I, uh, up there. Oh no, Pinocchio! I would definitely put up there. Pinocchio's a fantastic film. Um, this one looks okay though. I, really, I, I was kind of hesitant about it, um, but I saw. We see a lot more in this in this trailer. Um, yeah, I, I think it looks okay. I, I, I'm, I'm down. I'm down with this. Uh, well, I will say I'm, you know, I'm not against the movie. I think it'll be fine. I think, I think it'll yeah. be an, an enjoyable time. Uh, I mean, I'm looking for more forward to the Del Toro one. Absolutely. But oh, yeah. I think this one's going to be a good time. And uh, except for, like I said, a release on Disney Plus September 8th, 2022. That's coming up in a week. Hey, oh, yeah. That's true. It's like right around the corner. Yeah. Um, Next thing we're talking about uh, is the trailer for Good Night, Mommy. This was Uh-oh. this is this was one that I didn't have on the initial the list initially, just because uh, I mean I saw it like, like whatever, 
it wasn't until I realized this is this is actually this actually is a remake of the foreign Goodnight Mommy, the Austrian movie that came out not even ten years ago. Really? Huh. Yes, and like if you haven't seen it, the Austrian, the original Goodnight Mommy, that movie's fucking great. Yeah, if you haven't if you have not seen it, go watch it. Like genuinely one of the best horror movies of the last ten years. Uh, basically, it's about uh, twin brothers who arrive at their mother's house and begin to suspect, but some begin to suspect that something isn't right. Uh, this one stars Naomi Watts as the mother, and uh, she means she's the only really real, only real notable actor. At least one, one not that it's only been this movie, but like it's the only one that I've heard of in this. Uh, again, this is one I only included because I finally realized that this actually was a remake of the 2014 Austrian movie. Uh, so Russell, having no familiarity with with this uh, with this film, what did you think of the trailer? Um, I liked it. I, I do like uh, I, I like Naomi Watts. Um, I, I, I really I really do. I think she's fantastic. I watched her, I watched her fight a fucking mountain for Christ's sake. Like, oh yeah, so did yeah, so did I. Come on now, she fought the law and the law won. No, she she was badass in that movie. Um, I liked it. I, I did. Um, although I already know what she looks like, so ha ha ha. I don't <laughs> care. You can't. You could cover it up, but I know what she looks like. Um, no, it looks good though. I think it, it looks good for a, a prime, you know, prime video horror film. Um, or I, I say horror. We'll use that like loosely because I don't look. It doesn't look too too scary, but it, it looks good enough for sure. The, the, uh, the, the first one was pretty fucking terrifying. I'll, I'll the Austrian film. I, I got to write that down. Like I said, I'll have to. I have to write that down to check yeah, out. If anybody but, uh, hasn't seen it, definitely go check it out. And this uh, remake is set for release on September sixteenth, twenty twenty-two. Next show we're talking about is one that I cannot remember if it's going to theaters or not. I think it is. Don't quote me on it, but it is the trailer for Confess Fletch? Oh man! Well, really? I was surprised. Yeah, yeah. And I love Fletch, dude. Oh. Okay, so it may have because like I have no familiarity with Fletch. Yeah, I have not seen the I've not seen the original film, so this is my real uh, first introduction to Fletch. Okay. Yeah, this is another film based on the Fletch character. Yeah, famously portrayed in, uh, sorry, famously portrayed uh, in the eighties by Chevy Chase. Uh, basically, he is an investigative journalist who gets wrangled up and into a murder plot. Uh, in this one, John Hamm takes over the titular role of Fletch. Uh, alongside Marsha Gay Harden, Cal McLaughlin, Roy Wood Jr., and John Slattery, among others. Uh, so it looks like this is going to get a limited theatrical run and a premium video on demand initially. Then it's going to it's going to debut on Showtime in October. Oh, that sounds confusing. <laughs> it, 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 that's confusing. Yeah. It is. It but, is, yeah. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for... Uh, just, I guess you weren't a fan. I just couldn't get into him, man. Um, you know, I think he's trying too hard to to be the character that Chevy Chase was in Fletch. Uh, you have to see him to to get. I, I think um, the way Chevy, like this this character, was like perfect for Chevy Chase in the eighties or like late seventies, eighties. Um, it's just it's just perfect. Like you just have to watch like Fletch, Fletch lives, and all that stuff um, to get it. I, not to get it, but to, you know what I mean. To understand that, um, I just think that when you think of a character that's synonymous with, uh, you know, a movie, you know, you just think it's there couldn't be another Chevy Chase. You know what I mean? Like just his slapstick or his his one liners and just his delivery uh from the first fletch film i mean it's just fantastic it really shows you and showcases how um like in the heyday how 
locked in Chevy Chase was. You know what I mean? Um, you you have to, like I said, you do yourself a favor. Like I know you're always telling me to watch things. You got to check the first Fletch. I, out I, I will. I will watch. I will watch the, the two first Fletch movies. And I'm telling you, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Don't get me wrong. John Hamm's a funny guy. Don't get me wrong. Because like because like, I because I enjoy it because like I think yeah. John Hamm is like extremely funny. Like in addition to being a great actor, it is. He was fucking he is. hilarious. No, he really is. Um, but there's just a different level of comedy that I think that uh, Chevy Chase brings to the character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you'll just have to see because I feel like it's almost like he's trying to like almost be be similar to. Um, but yeah, I'll save that for whenever you watch it. We'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, and this is set for like uh, like I said, weird release, but yeah, limited theatrical run September sixteenth. It'll be on Showtime October twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. I will uh, watch this nonetheless, though. <laughs> uh, next trailer we're talking about is for Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Uh, so Weird, the Al Yankovic story, as you expect, is the is the biopic of uh, Weird Al Yankovic. The thing, the thing I did, we talked about this a couple times on the show, but I didn't realize just how deep this went. So apparently, in 2010, Funnier Die made a fake trailer. For which, satir- which satirized music biopics and was called Weird, the Yankovic story. In that trailer, Aaron Paul was playing Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, look at this trailer. It is like beat for beat the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like it was a feature. Uh, Aaron Paul was Weird Al Yankovic. Olivia Wilde was in it. Gary Cole was in it. Mary Steenburgen was in it. And Patton Oswalt played Dr. Demento. Uh, okay. But anyways, they announced that. And uh, actually, the director of this film, uh, Eric Appel, is the same guy who directed that sketch for Funny or Die. <laughs> Craziness. Yeah. But anyway, this is the biopic on Weird Al uh, for, again, the only place that this, uh, this, uh, this, this movie could go to, Roku. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Russell, what did you think of the trailer for Weird, the Yankovic story? I liked it, man. I really did. I, I, um, I don't know. I'm really curious. Like, he did he have like some kind of like, uh, romance with uh, madonna well, like, is that kind of just like it's, it's weird because it's like i think it's it's supposed to be like a pair it's like i i kind of can it's like a like a serious version of the dewey cox story because okay, it, yeah. it's, like, it's like it's like because in the fact it's like based on a true a true person like a real guy yeah and al yankovic is a co-writer on the script for this movie <laughs> um but yeah like because it's it's weird because it, it's it's the story of his life, but also not. It's also a parody of music biopics. Yeah. So, so like, you I, know, I, yeah, I don't, if that really even happened. I yeah, I feel like it didn't happen because like there's no, no way. I mean, it's 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 Madonna in the played 80s, by, but I, played I, by I mean, Evan Rachel Wood, who we both yeah. love. Yeah, I mean, like I, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I, yeah, like same, same with you. Like I think this looks really funny. And yeah, I, I dug it. I really I am very excited. I'm very excited to see it. Uh, about to bust up, bust out my Roku once again to watch it on my television. Uh, oh, this yeah. is debuting it. This is debuting at TIFF in uh, September eighth, twenty twenty two. So next week, and uh, debuting on Roku's worldwide November fourth, twenty twenty two. Last trailer we're talking about, the sh- also the shortest trailer we're talking about, is for the Sun. Uh, the Sun is an upcoming movie by Franco. What the fuck is his name? Oh, the guy from the, I wonder if it's a spinoff of the father. Well, Florian Zeller. Uh, so huh. it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, we, he directed the father. It's based on his play. Uh, he also wrote the father. Uh, it's part of the spiritual, is a spiritual sequel to the father. Uh, and basically it is about 
a couple, you know, it's about a couple who they're divorced and then they're dealing with uh, their titular son. Uh, the divorced couple played by Hugh Jackman and Lola Dern. Vanessa Kirby is in playing uh, Hugh Jackman's uh, character's new girlfriend. And uh, basically about, you know, their inter-family drama. Uh, we only got like a minute look at this, but I think this looks fucking great. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And I'm I'm calling it right now. I think Hugh Jackman is going to get an Oscar nomination for this, for this movie. Yeah, it it looks you get Hugh Jackman mad, um, and he's yelling. So yeah, I'm I'm down. And I uh, Hugh Jackman's a great actor. So oh, he's an yeah. excellent actor. So yeah, that that needs to happen. Yeah, like like Hugh Jackman. The fact that he only has one Oscar nom to his name, I think, is a fucking crime because I genuinely think he's one of the most talented people yeah. working today. So yeah, I mean, I I I. I genuinely believe this is going to be the film to get him his second Oscar nomination and possibly win. I, I feel like it's a good chance he does win this year. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I like, you know, he, I mean, look at the father. The father garnered uh, Anthony Hopkins an Oscar, so yeah, who knows? And same same directors, same writers, so I feel like it's a good chance here. But either way, I think this movie looks fantastic. I'm so excited to see it. And it's set for release November 11th, 2022. Uh, it's going to do it for trailer talk. Now move on to notorious news. Uh, we've got a couple of things to talk about today. Oh, I don't, where the hell to begin? Let's start here. Uh, Russell, what if I told you there was another Hellraiser movie coming out? Sure. I don't think, you know, can I tell you a fun fact? I have never seen a Hellraiser film. Oh, really? No. And you know, I'm a big horror guy. I just Yeah, that's never, surprising. I never never got into it i don't know i just i just think that i don't know just it doesn't look like something i would really appreciate or like you know what i mean i don't know we're we're getting we're getting the hellraiser this year that comes out like in october (laughs) yeah i mean you know what this 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 halloween season i'm gonna i'm gonna watch the original we're probably gonna watch the first the first hour is pretty good then then like again it's like one of those franchises it's like everything after is like shit yeah, I mean Clyde Barker's. I think I think he only directed the first one. Yeah, that's 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 why. Like I, I, I tell you, obviously Clyde Barker's Hellraiser. But um, yeah, I've never never like I said never seen it before, so really couldn't tell you much about it. Yeah, well the first Hellraiser, first Hellraiser is pretty pretty good. I think I think you enjoy the first Hellraiser. But yeah, I just find it weird that we're like they just made another Hellraiser and like it's coming out like we haven't seen anything from it. It's got a yeah, female just... pin, it's got a female pinhead, and we're okay. <laughs> and it's coming out in like a month. Yeah, I mean, people that I mean, obviously adore the franchise or whatever are gonna gonna gravitate towards it. Um, but it, and but, it is dropping on Hulu. But yeah, when you're really, yeah, it sounds like the like almost like prey. You know, what I mean, like like yeah. a, like a franchise like that. Um, sure, I mean, if it if it resparks the franchise or resparks interest in the franchise, you know, I'm always for that. Um, get eyes on the old stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, that, that I, I really need to uh, to watch the original. So I think yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on the list for uh, October scary movie watch. Yeah. Uh, next thing we're talking about. Uh, speaking of uh, trying to revitalize the franchise, the Spiderwick Chronicles, which I forgot was in the works at Disney Plus, uh, has just got wow. its first edition. They're doing a series. They just got first edition. Christian Slater is going to be joining the cast of Spiderwick Chronicles as the villain uh, of the series. Cuff's own Christian Slater. Yes, that yes. Uh, gleaming, the, <laughs> gleaming the cubes own Christian Slater. Pump up the volumes own Christian Slater. Alone in the dark's own Christian Slater. Yes. Oh my 
interview with a vampire's own Christian Slater. Is that what we're talking here? <laughs> that guy? We are talking Mr. Robot's own Christian Slater. <laughs> Untamed Heart's own Christian Slater. <laughs> okay, we, 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 we can do this. Forever. Point is. <laughs> Put that in Christian game. Slater pipe and smoke it. That's we're right, getting we you. More Christian. We're getting a Christian. More Christian. Look, more Christian Slater than anything is sure. the best. Funny, funny thing about Christian Slater, his, his part in this though, uh, he's so <laughs> funny thing about this is that the role that he's playing now okay. was played you know who played that role in the movie? Uh-uh. Nick Nolte. What? Nick Nolte? Yeah. You ever, you, ever, you ever seen the original movie? No. It's pretty good. So we're talking Warrior's own Nick Nolte? Yes, Warrior. Yeah, yeah. It's Hulk's own Nick Nolte. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know. Do we need to take it there? Do we want to keep it going? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> we, we could. But let's let, 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 let's keep it moving. Point is, we're I love Troubles right. Own. I love Troubles Own. Nick Nolte. What's the fucking <laughs> movie that? Oh, that was like Head Full of Honey's own Nick Nolte. The Prince of Tides own Nick Nolte. Oh, what's the fucking series he did? Uh, Fuck. Ah, I can't. Ah, I you can even put like the Mandalorians, Mandalorians voice. Nick Mandalorians, Nick Nolte. Man. I mean, no, he he did that. He did that like with one show. So long. This, this this is gonna fuck me. What? It was a show on what? No, it was a show he did like way back in the seventies. Yeah, they reference on that seventies show. I'm trying to remember what the fuck it was called. Blue rich, chips. Rich man, rich man, poor man. That's it. Rich man, poor rich, man. Rich man, rich poor man's man. own Nick Nolte. Blue, blue chips own Nick Nolte. <laughs> Oh wow! Yes, uh, Chris Slater has to fill the shoes. Has to fill some very big, very crazy shoes to work to go forward in this next role. Very crazy shoes, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking also at Disney Plus, uh, there is, there was announced that there is going to be a King Kong series in the works for Disney Plus. Ooh. Yeah, which the, the rights for King Kong are just fucking confusing. It is like super because I feel like it, it's ever changing. Just kind of like uh, like comic like, like comic. Property too, because like Universal, Universal has Peter Jackson movie and the Ride, which Peter yeah. based on based on Peter Jackson movie. They have yeah. that. Uh, WB has Kong, uh, the you know the Godzilla Kong stuff, which you know, uh, we'll talk we'll talk about more in a bit more in a yeah. bit. Uh, and now they have the Disney Plus, the Disney Plus show. So oh. I think that to an extent, King Kong is kind of public domain, but it's 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 a little it's a little strange just how. How like we're gonna have we're having King Kong properties done by like three different studios? It's crazy. It's like a like an overload, but I, I like King Kong, so I'm down. Yeah. Well, and speaking of uh, speaking speaking of uh, Godzilla versus or Kong, your boy King Kong. Oh yeah. Uh, we got some more word on the now filming Godzilla versus Kong sequel. Uh, mainly that funny thing was we we didn't know who else was gonna be in this movie. Uh, we did get word on some other people who are joining Dan, the already announced Dan Stevens. Adam Wingard wants to come back to direct. Uh, joining him on this adventure are going to be uh, from the from the last film, Rebecca Hall and Brian Tyree Henry. They'll both be reprising their roles from the first Godzilla vs. Kong, as well as uh, Fala Chen, Alex Ferns, and Rachel House, who I do. I, 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 I love Rachel House. I think she's great. <laughs> so, yeah, we got some uh, more a more clear vision on uh, what this is going to be. So, wrestling right for rematch? Yeah, I am. Uh, hopefully, a little bit more heavier on the Kong and less on the Godzilla. But um, yeah, no, it was a fun popcorn film, man. That's what you go into. I mean, two iconic monsters. I mean, it's like they are just so iconic. Um, 
I'm down. I really am. Um, I think we both voiced our disappointment with Kong or uh, Godzilla King of Monsters. Just oh, they, got him. Yeah, got him was fine. Because he just tried to throw in so much. Man, it, it, was it, just like, it was just over, it was just overload, just overkill. It was, like if they made the movie like longer, I think we've been okay. You know what I mean? Like if it was a longer film. But like the thing, the thing is, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about because I feel like eventually we'll talk about 2014 Godzilla. The thing I like yeah. about 2014 Godzilla was the fact that, like, I, the fact that it held off on the fights until the, the very end, like the Jaws esque of it. The, exactly. the build up, the build up is the best. That's the best part. Like the the waiting in line for the roller coaster. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's 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 getting the heart pounding, getting your palms sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. You know, um, you definitely just I, I don't know. It's it, it's it's the build up to it, and I I, I do I do think 14's Godzilla did that obviously, you know, really well. But yeah, speaking of on, on kind of, on kind of the subject of Godzilla versus Kong, uh, their production company Legendary current, uh, in the news recently saying that they are ending that. their partnership with with WB, which is fucking huge. That is really huge because that means they're not going to get they're not going to get distribution for like Godzilla versus Kong. They're not going to get distribution for the second Dune movie. They're not going to get distribution for a lot of stuff. So, yeah. question question after that remains like where is the where is Legendary going to be going from now on? Uh, two. Two companies have emerged front and center for distribution, being Paramount and Sony. And God, I hope they don't go to Sony. Yeah, I think Paramount would be a better. I think Paramount would be better, but better fit. But also, like, I'm mean, gonna think like Sony. Sony's not making the movie; they're, they're just distributing it. So, like, they're not gonna yeah. have any creative input. Thing is, yeah. I don't trust them to not spoil the entire movie in trailers like they do with everything. Yeah, that's the other thing. You don't want to lose all that. Yeah, like that's the whole part of going to the theaters to build up to it you know what i mean you kind of want to leave everything at i don't know it's almost like the movie cloverfield you know like cloverfield was so secret like it was like so secretive like when you watched it like you thought you knew you know what i mean it was very well uh marketed i should say um that's what i wish that the sony has a tendency to just try to go all out on their trailers like spoil all the good shit you know what i mean like you want to you want it to kind of be somewhat of a surprise when you go into it you know you don't want to ruin everything well, fucking, right, well, right they, there well they just did fucking bullet train like yeah <laughs> the last two trailers they did like just spoiled the entire movie yeah bullet train i wasn't uh what wasn't that wasn't that was gonna be better i wasn't big on either yeah that was gonna be better oh but yes uh the hits keep coming for warner brothers honestly because uh well first of all after the after they announced that they're not moving forward with batman cape crusader which was the animated series from Matt Reeves, J.J. Abrams, and Bruce Tim. Bruce fucking Tim, who created the original Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Uh, they are currently shopping that show to other networks. Or to, I'm sorry, not to that. To other streaming services. Huh. Uh, the forefront, uh, the streaming services at the forefront right now are Netflix, Apple, and Hulu. Which Hulu getting this show would be like the biggest flex. Disney. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, for, considering for sure. that, considering that Disney owns a controlling stake in Hulu. Yeah, but yeah, like I'm just, I'm just perplexed by all the stuff that WB is doing. It seems like they're trying to not be competitive anymore. I don't know what, I don't know what, what the thought process is with some like, of the things that they've like, been doing. I, I, I guess like that'll try to maximize profit for the company, but like this. Is this really the way? Is my question. You have to have things to profit off of. Like, yeah. Like when, my, when you're like, like my question is like how how is this all supposed to work out? Because like 
Like there are a lot, I'm sure there are a lot of creators right now who are just like, I don't want to be anywhere near WB right now. It's like a train wreck. It is like the Titanic for sure. Like you've hit the iceberg. Uh, we're going to give you a cup and you slowly have to scoop out water and throw it away to, to help us afloat, yeah. man. It's, it's, it is a sinking ship, man. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. Just how, like how deep down the studio is going. Speaking of speaking of which, we gotta talk about this story. Because like, yeah, like again, like, there's there's no good news for Warner Brothers this week. Uh, it turns out WB is like like almost out of money for the year. Wow. So much so they can only afford to do two more major releases in the year 2022. Those being Black Adam and Don't Worry, Darling. <laughs> They're like, we're done. Yes, uh, Shazam, which was supposed to come out in December, pushed uh, got pushed back to March. Uh, 2023 Aquaman got pushed back to to the next December so Aquaman got pushed nearly a full year it's crazy because of poor money management I just uh, again it's just it's crazy it is really crazy the lack of planning that comes with a company like that like you think you would want to get everything all like you know all your ducks in a row Um, you think so I just yeah wow but on, the su- but on the subject of that, we do need to talk about uh, one of their other, one of their few major release movies, which was supposed to be their big Oscar contender. Now that might not be the case. It's a uh, controversy revolving "Don't Worry, Darling." Uh, so it came out a few weeks ago, which I thought this is common knowledge originally. I guess not. That shot. That shot. Okay, so it's one of the shot about what's supposed to be in "Don't Worry, Darling." I didn't know that until obviously this stuff came out. Yeah, he was supposed to be in. He was removed. For he the, so it was originally said that he was quit for scheduling conflicts. Coincidentally, though, around the same time he was accused of sexual misconduct by his then, <laughs> by his then girlfriend. So it's like I figured that's why he was that's why, that's why he was let go. Turns yeah. out, uh, turns out, no, that was not the case. Huh. Uh, turns out, part of the reason was I mean, but also like Florence Pugh was very uncomfortable working around him, and uh, Olivia Wilde actually did. Uh, I saw a video this. message. I saw this. Yeah. Uh, trying to work this out and saying like something like Miss Flo needs to go to get with the program or some shit. Yeah, like like it's her fault that she doesn't feel comfortable with like. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. But like, yeah. So like this this thing caused a whole fall. And there's already kind of you know rumors that they didn't that they didn't get along on sets and it kind of it's kind of been echoed well, not echoed but kind of been confirmed because Florence Pugh is not doing press for this movie. No shit. So no, she, she, like, she will like she is like completely disowning this film. She will not do any press for it, which is funny because like that was, was looked at a possible Oscar contender for her. Wow. And now if she gets nominated. She's definitely not going to win because she won't campaign. Well, it's funny because what Olivia Wilde's all she's with Harry Styles now, so it's kind of weird yeah. too. That's like they're a thing now. So yeah, that's crazy, man. So her, so you're saying that uh, Florence Pugh and uh, Olivia Wilde didn't really get along on Senna. No, that's, that's what that's what it looks like. Like, wow, I, I can't imagine another reason why she would never want to promote this movie. But that's crazy, though. You think she would be? You, I mean, because Olivia Wilde comes across as somebody who, you know, portrays herself professional. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she's she's like a pro. Wow, that's 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 craziness. It's fucking wild, right? Florence Pugh, though, she's so badass, though. She, yeah, she's 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 amazing. Never change, Florence. Never change. Hell, hell yeah. And you know, you 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 know, Zach Braff anymore? So call me. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, make a Midsommar uh, sequel. That'd be great. What would the sequel be about? I don't even know, but let's just... Let's just, let's, let's just do it. Just do it, man. Uh, 
but <laughs> uh, but you thought Shia LaBeouf was out of the woods uh, for because of this. Oh no 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 no. Uh, because a story came out that uh, so a few years back, uh, Shia LaBeouf had a movie called Honey Boy, which he wrote and starred yeah. in, which was basically about basically about you know his relationship with his dad, and apparently how his dad was like very like abusive towards him because you know he was famous he, he was he was famous as a child actor, and his dad kind of used that just you know kind of like, kind of like as a cash cow was like really not not great towards him. You and I both enjoyed that movie. Turns out everything in the movie might have been a lie. Yeah, I, I did hear that. I'm just like, what? Yeah, the interviewer was basically saying that everything in that movie was basically all bullshit. <laughs> Which, I mean, not going to lie, it kind of ruins that movie. Yeah, because that's the whole reason why the movie resonated. You know what I mean? Because you're like, it's a very personal, intimate, deep, like, uh, kind of like, kind of him pulling back the, you know, the mask or whatever for us to see what he went through. You know what I mean? I thought it was, I thought it was really artistic and very uh, noble, you know, of, 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 to letting us in like that. And then to find out what it's all kind of like bullshit. It's kind of like, really? Like, what, like it does. Yeah. It definitely does um, dampen the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the thoughts of the film. Remember that uh, book that came out a few, couple, couple years ago, uh, not a couple years ago. It was like 10, it was like 10 plus, but like that, was, that book is called the million little fibers. I mean, I'm sorry, million little pieces. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, ever, you ever hear that about that book? I, I, it sounds vaguely familiar. So basically, it was this it was this guy's memoir about you know like his time as uh, you know like being being addicted to drugs and like being being an addict and all okay. the things he went through. It was a best selling book. People loved yeah. it. I think it was on the like the Oprah Book Club. I think the guy was on Oprah. And then it came out like afterwards after investigation that like everything was like everything he said was a lie. Man, that's su- that sucks when people do that, though. Man, like, just come on, be be you, be yourself. Like, if that's what it is, then 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 you know what I mean. Ex- expose who you are. Like, it's it's not. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it sucks for sucks for Honey Boy because I like that movie. I don't know if I'll ever go back to it again now. Yeah, it was it was a pretty good film. Uh, next thing we're talking about is uh, Beverly Hills Cop Four is a finally a go over at netflix uh titled beverly hills cop axel foley which uh brugheimer you ain't slick i see what you're doing oh, maverick was a hit so you gotta do the same thing beverly hills cop yeah uh so yeah it was announced that this movie is back is back in the works at netflix and actually got some co-stars that are surprised and one was taylor page who i really enjoyed in uh zola last year uh, but the other one that was surprising, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to be in this what? movie. Mr. JGL himself. JGL. So I got to see it now. Yeah, he's, yeah. I think, I think, I, I think he's a great actor and I, one of my favorites working. So I, I think I, I, I'm easily going to go support this film. But yeah, I mean, after a lot, a lot of work, a lot of talk, uh, shit, the guys who did uh bad boys for life and now a background movie which we will never see <laughs> but it's, it's, it's funny because like they were going to do baby who's got four they dropped out of that to do batgirl wow yeah Oof. uh so yeah are you excited for another axel foley adventure russell sure let's let's do it it's i mean man it's been forever that's been over 30 years well when did the third one come out in the 90s early 90s yeah early 90s yeah, that's what I thought. Wow, it's been 30 years. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, like I said, coming out on Netflix probably sometime within the next couple of years. Uh, 
next story we're talking about. Uh, Marvel has been really working to find a director for the Fantastic Four film, and it looks like they have found it at the expense of an at expense of another studio's blockbuster. Uh, WandaVision director Matt Shackman looks like he is going to be the guy to direct Marvel's Fantastic Four. This one actually you can comment on because you, I because WandaVision is the one show you did watch. This is true. This is factual, factual information. Uh, but uh, we did demand, you know, the world did demand a soul for a soul. Uh, in order to Fantastic Fantastic Four, he had to drop out of the long in development Star Trek Four over at Paramount. Jeez, yeah. I feel like I feel like Star Trek Four is never going to happen at this point. It stinks because I, I really like the uh, the group that they got. You the know, cast is great. The cast is fucking yeah. great. We need to keep it rolling, but uh, yeah, they just can't get catch a break. But uh, yeah, you just. What do you think about Shackman doing Fantastic Four? I mean, I like what he did with WandaVision. I I, I like the first season fine. Like I, I do. Um, and it would be nice to see his direction in a Fantastic Four film. Um, you know, WandaVision got such high praises from a lot of, you know, comic book fans all over. Um, and so it, it might be the just just what the, you know, the Fantastic Four needs to finally crack open and be critically successful and profitable, you know? Um, I don't know. It just depends on who, who, you, who we all get as, you know, uh, as a cast uh, I mean, behind with, it too, with, you know? With D23 right around the corner, I feel like we'll be getting those answers. Yeah. You'll be getting those answers very soon. Yeah, I'm. Man, isn't it crazy? Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan, really? Like we couldn't, like really? we could, we couldn't make that movie work. We couldn't do really, like really. I was like, oh man, that's isn't that crazy? Like, and just look at their look at their solo careers. Yeah, oh, like I'm like in Kate Mara, Kate Mara did stuff. Kate, Kate Mara is fantastic. Kate did stuff. Kate Kate Mara also in Chappaquiddick. Uh, go check that out if you haven't seen it already, please. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm like the Fantastic Four had to release in 2020. I think I think it's next year or year after one, one of the two. I, I think I think it's November of next year. So again, we should be getting a casting announcement fairly soon. Like the D23 is like right around the corner. So should be very soon. Last thing we're talking about, uh, Leica has been back in the news because they have announced their latest film, Wildwood. Uh, basically, what this is, this is a film about a young girl who sets off in the for- into the forest of outside Portland to find her kidnapped brother. And uh, like as a studio, kind of like Pixar, that are even to an extent, well, not even to an extent, it, it did just do it, fucking uh, Illumination. They bring the stars up, but like they, they get the more, you know, indie, the prestige stars. So let me hit you, let me hit you with this cast for Wildwood, Russell. You got Carrie Mulligan. Okay. You got Mahershala Ali. You got Jacob Tremblay, you got Aquafina, Angela Bassett, Jake Johnson, Charlie Day, Amanda Stenberg, Jermaine Clement, Tom Waits, and Richard E. Grant. Oh, yeah. That is a heavy, heavy cat. That's a cast full of heavyweights right there. That is like a like I said though. I just I always like what they do though. So oh yeah, like, like I I love like a not only that, Travis Knight is directing this one. Was it Missing Link the last thing they put out, I think, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Missing Link was good, too. Very underrated. I like that movie. I did, too. I really, really enjoyed it. It was a good movie. The point is, uh, we are finally getting another like a movie. And I am so... I, I could not be more excited. Yeah, for sure. Next. Yeah, always a uh, 
good company that always just oh, puts out, they they just they put out some bangers, man. They put out some good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I love the work they do. So I'm definitely excited to see what they have coming up next. And that's going to do it for Notorious News. We now move on to our movie of the week, My Cousin Vinny. So yeah, My Cousin Vinny came out in the year 1992. Legal comedy, which we don't see, we don't see very many of. Are you sure? I'm trying to think of another legal comedy. How could you be so sure? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, like, you're, 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 you're doing the thing. Uh, all right, sorry. We had, uh, never mind. We can vamp, but we can vamp and quote and quote along later. Point is, uh, yeah, this movie came out. Uh, was really kind of an under the radar thing. Uh, directed, by is, John, directed by John Lynn, who did Clue, which I love. I love that movie. This would be like a pre, like this would be like what would probably like Legally Blonde would kind of base itself off on too. Really, if you really think about like a legal like yeah, a comedy, kind of right. yeah, yeah, like a very unlikely lawyer, uh, you know, thrust into a case that they may maybe or may not be ready for, um, but. Yeah, uh, wasn't a massive hit at the time. It made, it made money, but it kind of just grew into this like big cultural thing. Yeah. And the question is, why is that? That's what we're gonna ask here today because this is this is my cousin. We open up. We meet two of our main characters, Bill Gambini and Stan Rothenstein. Uh, they are college students from up north, and they are driving through the south, which is funny because like <laughs> watching it this time around, I'm just like, why are they going this way? Yeah, because I, I, I'm like I, I'm like you're going you're going to New York, but why are you even going through down here? They explain they explain it later. Uh, they explain because they, they say they got into UCLA, and they thought the the, uh, the views were better going through going through the South. Yeah. So uh, Bill Gimme by played by uh, Ralph Macchio and Stan Rothenstein played by Michael. I'm sorry, Mitchell Whit- Whitfield. For most people, probably reckon, I mean I recognize him as uh, Barry Farber from Friends. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, Ra- the uh, Rachel's former former fiance, nearly. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. So they're dr- they're dr- they're driving about. They're going. They stop at a you know one of these like backwood town, uh, backwood towns in Alabama. Uh, it's up at the conven- It's up at a convenience store to pick up some stuff. Uh, <laughs> they so the main character Bill Ralph Macchio picks up a can of tuna. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going to buy it, but he puts it in his pocket. And he forgets about it. They walk away. They pay for it. Like, you know what? Oh, like they're driving in the street. They're just like, oh, shit. I, I, forgot, to, I forgot to pay for this. It's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Everyone's done that once in a while. Yeah. Then this cop starts following them on the way out. <laughs> so you're thinking, are they really getting picked up for shoplifting tuna fish? <laughs> like, then, then, but then he stops and he's like, pull, pull the shock. And you're like, put your hands up. Get out of the car. And he was like, fuck i say what this amplified they take theft really seriously down here (laughs) it's like geez yeah oh you realize like anything you're just like shit what the hell happened here turns out this is not about uh you know shoplifting can't do it no this this is about murder uh the the clerk of the uh the sakasa which is the name of the community store uh was shot not too long after they were in the store yeah and so, well, I think it's funny about this whole scene is the fact that it's the amount of it's something that this movie does very well. Just like just like the vague, undefined dialogue because they oh, yeah, think it's, they it's, got, it's perfect. Yeah, they think they got the guys who did yeah. it. Yeah, and I love the scene where they're be able to, both being interrogated by the sheriff, put by Bruce McGill, 
who's a great man. He's such a great supporting character in anything he does. Oh, he is. Anytime this dude pops up in anything, like he, he is, he's a stitch. Yeah, he's in but, everything. Yeah, like, like they think like they think they're getting a confession for murder, but yeah. the way he's confessing, he's just like, oh no, like I'm I'm here to just confess up for stealing a can of tuna fish. Well, he thinks they're on the same page constantly, and you know they're not. You know they're not. You know they're not, and that's the, the best. And again, it's that vague answers like I am, I did it. It's like yeah, I did I, it. Like think of it, he shoplifted. I shot the clerk. I shot the clerk. I shot the clerk. Well, you admitted it. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> But like, it's, yeah. it's so done the, perfectly. The funniest part is like where just like they're they're brought in and they're talking about like being charged and stuff, but like they're never they're never exactly told what they're charged with. They just assume that it's for, that it's for theft. Yeah, it's like well, they stole the can of tuna fish. That's that's why we're here. This whole setup is done much better in, in, in a later scene, which we'll get to in the movie. Yeah, but yeah, they realize like oh shit, it's not about stealing a can of tuna fish. This is we are being charged for murder and yeah. aiding and abetting in a murder. Yep. Uh, so he call, so he calls home. And he's like, hey, first of all, I love this 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 phone call with his mom, because like even though you can't hear with the other line, you can totally understand what she's saying. Yeah, just just, just based on how Malchio is reacting. Yeah, you could totally tell the frustration and the anger that's in that mom's voice on the other line. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, they they need an attorney, a good one. They can't afford it, but just so happens that they have an attorney in the family. Who? My cousin Vinny. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. And that's where we meet the titular character of the film, Vinny Gambini, played by Joe Pesci. I do want to take some time to address Pesci in this film because Pesci, for a while, built a career on playing a specific type of character. Yeah. He was, he was the short, angry sort of... He was, he was the short, angry criminal in a lot of movies. Yeah. That, that year... Uh, Huddle and two, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll mean, we'll get to yeah. that in a second, but like, yeah, but the, but, the, but the point is, like, this is a guy who's like made like cut his teeth only doing like a lot of these serious dramas, yeah. But I think a skill that he had in Alec Baldwin was something that he wanted to like really kind of like you know show the side of something he wanted to show in like the late 80s, early 90s was just how fucking funny this dude was, yeah. I'll even uh even say that he was really good in the 93 film with honors really really good film too yeah yeah, ever, yeah. He's, he's, he wanted to show the more comedic side of movies like the yeah. weapon films the home alone films and of course my cousin Vinny. yeah and i think what makes him so great in this film is the fact that he basically is kind of playing the same sort of like angry wise guy type characters only in this case he's the hero <laughs> yeah and he's uh yeah, yeah, the the hero. I would go with that, or like the educated, the, the real educated, I guess, or the higher educated, because you know, he did go to school apparently. And put, and taking a guy who's like just so New York and putting him in this country setting, it's it's a, it's a great fish out of water comedy. Like Joe Pesci brings such great comedic timing to the role oh, of yeah. Gambini. Yeah, he does. Point where I don't know if this role would have worked with any other actor. No, I just think the. Especially just him and his him and Marissa Tomei, perfect the one two combo. Yeah, and also Marissa Tomei and Mona Lisa Vito in a role that won her a freaking Oscar, which is a big deal because comedic yeah. performances traditionally do not hell they usually don't even get nominated, let alone yeah. win. Yeah, this one won. I mean, but you go back and you definitely see why she earned it. But it's it's the the chemistry that these guys have on 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 the camera that really drive this film, though. Just their banter back and forth. 
yeah like like the second the second these two come on screen this movie just gets going and it just never stops yeah uh, but yeah, like I, like I was saying earlier, the uh, scene where like the whole misunderstanding is done better is this scene where, uh, prior to, prior to Vinny getting to the jail, uh, <laughs> Mitch, uh, what's his name, Stan, talks to talks to Bill about like the possibility of getting raped in prison. But yeah. then he, and so in comes yes, in comes Vinny talking how he does. Yes. And he thinks he's there. He, th- he thinks he's about to, he's about to get raped. Yeah, he thinks that he's there for sex, and and like, it's so again, it's that perfect like we know, but the main character doesn't know. And I it just it's one of my favorite lines. What one one of my favorite lines is just like it's either me or them. You're getting fucked either way. It's just like when- <laughs> <laughs> he's like it's almost yeah. It's funny. It's it, it reminds me of um, the night before when uh, Seth Rogen's on the phone and he's like, he gets that dick pic. He's like, well, I guess I'm sucking. That's it. I'm sucking a dick tonight. I guess uh, this is it. I guess I'm doing it. But it, it reminds me of that because it's just so funny that the character thinks, yeah, he's like, uh, I, I guess this is what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, no, we're not going to do this. <laughs> and like the way, the way Vinny is taking it is like, this, this guy's just been like super ungrateful. He's like, I'm doing, I'm doing, this for free. I'm doing you a favor. Yeah, he's like, you know, what? you're on your own. <laughs> he just wakes up, he wakes up, wakes up, uh, Bill. Hilarious scene. Yeah, but we find out that Vinny isn't exactly as experienced as we would we would you know, would have hoped. Yeah, uh, it turns out he's only been practicing law for about well, six months, six weeks. I, say, I think six weeks or six months. I think yeah. six months. I think. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he, graduated, he graduated law school six years ago. What have you been doing since then? Studying for the bar. That's a lot of studying. <laughs> pass your first time. No, like it took him six tries to pass the bar. Yeah. Hey, the bar is a hard test. So I mean, at least he passed it. I mean, it doesn't matter how many times you take it. At least you, you passed it. So you know. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Obviously, with these two, and he's he's never actually done a trial before. No. So yeah, uh, they're putting a lot of trust and a lot of faith, and they're little lightless. Remember, Alabama has a death penalty. Yeah, so this is a state that doesn't really play around very much. It's almost like a, a Texas, you know? Yeah, so uh, if if he's not the guy, they're fucked. Yeah. Uh, we also meet uh, the judge of the film, uh, Judge Holler, played by the great Fred Gwynn. Who would later go on to pass away right after this film. Was it right after? Oh, what? Yeah, it was 93. Yeah, I looked it up when I was watching. It was really hard to believe because he looks so healthy in the film, you know? He does. Uh, yeah, people recognize him from Pet Cemetery, or I like for me, I recognize him from the Monsters. Monsters, yeah, fa- fanta- fantastic fucking character actor. Yeah, really good actor. Yeah, and he and he's so good. This as kind of like the comedic foil for uh, for uh, Vinny Gambini. Yeah, uh, he's a, he this real hard ass of a judge. Yeah, and it's it it goes perfect with the opposite of how uh pesci's character is like how his first appearance in the courtroom he's wearing his like jeans or his leather jacket or whatever yeah <laughs> and uh beca- because and this is the thing this movie is also like pretty it's pretty well regarded among like law students and like actual attorneys for its depiction of criminal procedure and trial strategy and like one of the things they it is right here because He's a licensed attorney in New York. Now, 
once you take the bar, you're only licensed to practice law in that state unless you get permission from the judge. Yeah. So fearing the judge is not going to get permission. He actually lies about his about his record. Yeah. He's saying he's been practicing law for 16 years. He's worked a lot of murder cases. Like, yeah, no problem. It's like this guy literally has zero experience. Zero experience in criminal law. <laughs> but I love it how he tries to sell himself though. Because in, in the end though, he's 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 there for you know family. So he, he's there to try to help. So yeah. Uh there's also a funny running joke where that Vinny just wherever he goes, just cannot get a good night's sleep. I love it. It's 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 fantastic. <laughs> it's funny how they keep finding new ways to keep this guy up at night. Yeah, if it's not the train whistle, it's the yeah the, the yeah, herd the, of animals. It's out of the train, the, the, it's out of the train, the pig slaughterhouse. Yeah, <laughs> the mill, the yeah. lightning. <laughs> he just can't win, it, dude. He can't cannot win, man. Yeah, I, I think it's hilarious running. It is for sure. I also I also love this scene where they go they go into the diner and they're just like, okay, well, what do you want? And they look at the menu. It's, it's literally breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious, I'm just curious what, the, what, what the dinner looks like in this place. And this, yeah, this, is, like, is, this is like like textbook southern, like southern greasy spoon diner. Like you, yeah, see, like, like you see when he's, when he's, when he's cooking and he's like puts like a big old dollop of a lard onto the onto the griddle. Yeah, it, it looks so unhealthy watching it. Which, by the way, uh, for the record, lard, not that bad for you. Oh, uh, there's there's always worse. <laughs> as, far, as far as fat you can cook with, not bad for not that bad. Yeah. Um, and I do, I do, I do appreciate how this uh, diner scene comes back and plays a, plays a role later on. Yeah, I, I, kinda, a lot, I, I do appreciate things, that. This is a good thing that he does. Like a lot of things that are brought up and a lot of things that are like a lot of like scenes that seem inconsequential. They're not. Yeah. No. And, and I like how they tie up all those loose ends because like everything actually does matter in this film. Um, like what I just said with like the cooking of the grits and stuff like that, it comes back later. You know, I just, I think it's so cool. Cause you wouldn't think that you're like, Oh, this is just a, you know, this is just a throwaway scene, you know, uh, two characters eating or whatever, you know, trying to get some laughs out of it or something. You know what I mean? But it's not. Yeah. Well, anyway, we get to, we get to the day of the, prelim, of the prelims. We meet uh, the prosecuting attorney, uh, Jim Schroeder played by Lane Smith, a dude who was just I love him. best. Fucking playing. mighty ducks. But yeah, like dude who just at his best playing Me- incredible mem- asshole. Remember him and son-in-law too? I do. Dude, he played, yeah, he played uh well, it was Paulie Shore's girlfriend's dad or whatever. Yeah. Dude, oh such he's such a good actor. And he passed away young too, man. Did he? Yeah. I was like looking back, I, I don't know. I always look back at the cast and stuff like oh, that wow, of, these, right. of, the, of these movies. And yeah, it's, it's it's a shame that some of these actors, like they, man, so damn young. Some of these guys go out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty, we're trying to see like the inexperience of Vinny starting to shine through. Yeah. Like, for example, like, you know, when you have, we had this, this whole part of the trial, basically, it, 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 it's your plea, whether you're guilty or not guilty. Russell, if you were the attorney, I said, what, how, how, do, how do your clients plead? We are going to plead not guilty. That's all it takes. Uh, Vinny decides to go on a whole diet drive trying to explain what the problem is here. Uh, one of the many times he is held in contempt of court. Which is, uh, again, it's another running thing, too, which I really think is funny how, how many times he can get in contempt of court. Um, but it's like it only strengthens him to come yeah. back hard. You know what I mean? And I think that's, I think that's the beauty of it. Like uh, Fred Gwynn's character, obviously the judge is like, yeah, he's, he's, he's 
you know, penalizing Pesci's character, but it's like, it also drives Pesci to be better. Um, and I do like that. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is another big running thing that I like. So, uh, so when he gets bailed out of jail by, Mo, by, uh, by, by Mona Lisa. Yeah. Uh, we find out that, you know, they're, they're not, they don't exactly have a lot of cash. They can't keep doing this. No. She tried, she tried to hustle somebody at pool, but he wouldn't pay up. So he goes to the bar, meets the guy. I love this. Uh, this scene's JT. This scene is hilarious. He's just like, okay, I, I got to cut you with $200. Like, I better kick your ass. Ooh, counter offer. Okay. Let's see. Click $200 and get my ass kicked. Yeah. I'll click $200. And I like how he does it. Le- like, he brings it legal terms. He tries to yeah. spin it as like legal jargon. And he's which like, I okay, really I like. can either get my ass kicked or kick yeah. your ass and click $200. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll, kick, I'll kick your ass for $200. Yeah, and I like how they drag that out, too. They drag it out because the fight doesn't happen there. It's, just uh, yeah. like, it's like, dude, I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have $200. Okay. So, well, like, this yeah, is... Get so, it, so this is, then I'll kick this, your ass. Yeah, so it's like, this isn't happening. Okay, so it's not going to happen right now. Okay, cool. But, yeah, like, I, I love this, the, whole, the whole back and forth between these two. Yeah, it, it's super funny. Yes, but... uh. While this is going on, uh, uh, Stan is having some doubts regarding Vinny's regarding Vinny's capability as a prosecutor, or no, no, sorry, as an attorney for the defense. Especially when seeing how the witnesses are so damn sure that you know these guys did it. Again, again, oh yeah, it's a dodgy yeah. task for, for any attorney, not just one, especially one who has no experience. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's so funny that yeah, these guys are like a hundred percent sure. Were you as you know, like eyewitness testimony, you learn obviously is so like it's it's really hard to take it as you know truth because it's so skewed. Um, but this movie really it, it kind of makes fun of it, I think, so much. Like everything, everything, like they know everything. Everybody knows everything. It's one hundred percent. They did it. You know, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, St- Stan has the idea that you know maybe I'm gonna go with the public defender. Uh, who has, you know, at least he has some experience in some trials. And Bill, <laughs> Bill wants to go, Bill wants to go to, to a public defender too, even though Vinny is family. But, you know, Vinny's like, look, just give me one chance. Let me examine the first witness. If you don't like my job, fire me on the spot. We'll be fine. Yeah. So he decides, to give him, so he decides, he decides to give him one chance. Stan's like, you know what? Fuck this. I am not, I am not dying over this. I love the guy that he gets. So, cause that guy has been in, Bunch of other things. He's, too. Been, he's been in so many. I reckon I've been in so many things. I do too. Oh, by the way, JT comes back where he's just like, "Yeah, I got you two hundred bucks. Let me see it. Fan it out to me." Yeah. <laughs> no, not just a twenty with a bunch of ones wrapped around. Bunch of ones with twenty wrapped around it. He's like, "Damn it, <laughs> oh, you got me." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we get a little closer to the actual trial. Uh, Vinny still can't sleep. He also gets a little uh, in a little closer with uh, Schroeder, the, the uh, prosecuting attorney. Yeah, I also love where he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna schmooze him to give me his case files," not knowing that he's entitled to them because if he doesn't, yeah, yeah. Mis- he doesn't get him as a mistrial. Which yeah. I, I believe that's the case for any state. I can't imagine there's any state where like you can't share information. You, you have to, you have to share information. Yeah, um, I'm like, I, 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 I'm surprised he didn't already know that. <laughs> it's funny though because this whole entire film, you think that Marissa Tomei's character would make such a better, more better of an of an attorney. You know what I mean? Yeah. Realistically, I mean, just how she is. But I do, I do love that scene where she's talking. Where she's talking to him before, like before they go, they're going hunting. Like, yeah. you're gonna shoot a deer? Oh, uh, that's I can. You're a, you're a cute, you're a cute little deer. You want a drink? You lean over, and some asshole shoots you. Would you give a fuck what kind of pants he's wearing? 
That sounds like, yeah, it'd be like my wife, anti, anti hunter. Is she really? Yeah. She, oh, she's, I mean, I, I, I don't do that anyway, though. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, but there's also some complications as we get close to the trial. You see, they went to check, uh, the judge went to check uh, Vinny's records in the state of New York where, you know, where he practiced law. Only thing is, like I said, he embellished his record a little bit. So he tells he tells him that he tells him the story about like how they were like an actor at the time. He was like an actor and he used a stage name for his Joe, trial name. Yeah, Joey like, Joey was Joey Gala. 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 Yeah. Uh, he gives him the name who was uh he's a famous a famous attorney. So like, yeah, like look look up Jerry Gala, you'll see everything I've done. Jerry Gala, big attorney. Only I like <laughs> only thing is like we find out that Joey Gala is actually dead. Yeah. <laughs> so when the judge looked that up, he's fucked. I think it's hilarious. Like he's a, he's talking about the son of Sam killer and shit. Yeah, it was like, t- no, I, I defended the first guy they caught him. <laughs> it's just so funny, man. It's just, I don't know. It's just the shit that he, he like, throws out there is too funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, this, this role, like I said, I don't think this role works better with any other actor. I think it's plays Apache strengths. Like, his ability to, you know, like, to, like project, like, anger, the fast-talking. I think, like, yeah. there's not a lot of actors who could, like, do this. Like, I'm like, like this, this next scene where they're talking, you know, Mona, Mona is talking to him about how they agreed to get married after, after he won his first case. Yeah. Like, my biological clock is ticking like this. And the way the trial's going, I ain't never gonna get married. <laughs> I just, like, I like how, like, he goes through all the shit that's on his plate. <laughs> yeah, like, slaughtered, yeah. slaughtered pigs, a murder trial, at the center of which is two innocent kids. Is there yeah. any more shit we could pile on this case? Anymore? <laughs> I just, it's just, it's, I don't know. Yeah, you are, like, I really don't think anybody else, I don't know, I, I couldn't see anybody else in this role. Uh, yeah, even when they go to this cabin out in the middle of nowhere, first of all, there's owls out there, which I just listen where it just goes up, just, just starts shooting. Uh, hilarious and that owl just stays stationary it's beautiful yeah, and then they go into the car and even even then they still they still can't get any sleep because there's lightning out yeah and yeah then they get stuck in mud the next day he just he can't win he can't win and he, and he mud and he muds up his new suit uh, and then now he's again now he's against the clock because he has to hurry up and go to truck they have to have uh, they, they have the trial starts yeah he's, he's got he's got to get an, he's got to get a new suit because there's no one hour cleaners in this town and, but like he's looking to find time to beat up JT, <laughs> just just like kicks his ass in like two seconds. Yeah, and did you notice like the 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 punch is like it goes off before I think he even swings at him. I didn't know. Yeah, it was like Ksh. you gotta you gotta see it. It's a it's, it's funny. That scene. Yeah, it's funny. But anyways, uh, Vinny gets to trial and he's wearing like this like rug brown pop like prom dress. Yeah, it's almost like a um. Not even like a butler, but it's like a, uh, I don't know. It's just so extrinsic, ex, uh, ex, uh, uh, how, how, what is the extreme. word I want to use? Extreme. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Eccentric, I should say. He explained yeah. just like, like, I have a suit. You saw it. but it's covered in mud. I couldn't get it clean. The only store had the flu. So I had to go buy it in a secondhand store. So I could rather wear a leather jacket, which I know you hate. Or this. Or, or this, yeah. It's like he's trying. He's trying to appease uh, Fred Gwynn's character. So it, it's it's funny how these guys play off one another, though. Yeah, it, it really is. So then we get to the actual trial sequence. Uh, the uh, prosecuting attorney def- uh, gives an opening statement, which I which is like textbook how it's supposed to be done in the middle of a court because, you know, he explains, you know, what we're, what, what, this is what we're going to show you. This is what, this is what it's going to tell you. 
like by the end of the trial, you're going to realize this, like, this is like a very well, it's like a very like professionally crafted opening statement. Yeah. Which is the writer of this film really did like, they really did their homework in regards to, you know, how this was supposed to sound. They read their John Grisham. They did read their John Grisham. <laughs> I also love when he gets up like everything the guy just said is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, he, that's how he he reacts. So he's like, you know what? Yeah, that's that's all bullshit. And then we see the public defender, who like, public defenders are like the jokes of the law world. Uh, and the public defender is fu- he's like you thought Vinny was bad. This guy is fucking awful. <laughs> Can you uh, tell me? Yeah, he's like. Uh, but yeah, like that. I don't. I don't know who that. I don't know who that guy is. But he, that's the that's the actor I'm talking about. I, yeah, like, I, I, see, no, I know. I, 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 I can't see remember, I can't him remember everything. Name. He is so funny, though, man. He's he's very he's very funny. Uh, yeah. So they get to the first the first witness. This is a guy who said he saw them as he's making breakfast. Uh, so yeah, he, he gives his whole re- recounting of the events. Uh, then the public defender goes, and yeah, public defender gets fucking destroyed. It's like, ah, oh, you weren't wearing your glasses. There were glasses. No further questions. <laughs> but then really he gets up. And this, and this is the thing where we're talking about where, where things come back. Like I said, the diner, the diner scene. Yeah. So yeah, he said like, okay, so yeah, you said that they were ma- they, they, they went to the store and you started making breakfast. And then you said to eat breakfast and you heard the gunshots. So like how, like how long went in the store? Five, like five minutes. So it takes five minutes to make breakfast. Well, what'd you have? Eggs and grits. It's like, it's like, okay. How could it take you five minutes to make your breakfast? What takes the rest of the grit eating world 20 minutes? And then it was like, you see the look, the look on that actor's paper, just like, fuck. Then, then it's like, oh shit, maybe it, it was longer. Like you, you start to see the, the Swiss cheese, yeah, and uh, the like, holes in his, his story. He instantly starts to like just crumble, like right in front of his eyes. Yeah. And I love yeah, Lane, like, Lane Smith's reaction too, like as we're starting to see this shit too. Yeah, and like and yeah, Stan, Stan fires his attorney, and he's just like, you know what, I, he'll he'll defend me. Uh, so yeah, then we get to the, to the next witness. This is a guy who, no, I'm sorry, it was, it was the woman next, uh, a woman with, uh, like genuine coke. No, I'm sorry, I was wrong. It was it was the guy first. Yeah, uh, yeah. So a guy who positively ID'd their faces. <laughs> then you see like everything I had to look through with like. Like it's like a dirty window, a screen, a bunch yeah. of trees and bushes, shrubs, like everything. Like a hundred feet away, just like, is it possible that you saw two men, like with a very two very similar looking men, go in and come out? Like that's possible. Yeah. So th- there you go. You're already you're already sprinkling no, doubt into the that's, prosecution. That's two. That's two down. Yeah. And he got the older woman. Uh, we, yeah, like super thick glasses. You're like, we're wearing glasses. Yes, I was. Okay, he says like, like, okay. So you can possibly idea from, you can possibly idea from from, from hundred feet away. Like, yes, I could. Yeah. Okay, it's fifty feet, half the distance. How many, how many fingers are holding? Am I holding up? I, I, I love like Gwen. Fred, Fred Gwen, yeah. Like, let, let the record show he's holding up two fingers. But it, it's funny that he sticks to his guns and keeps two fingers up. Keeps two fingers up. Yeah, I, yeah. I might have changed. I would have changed it. Just because that number would have been fresh in her head, I would have gone maybe like four, yeah, or three, or like one, you know, something different. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have went with two. Yeah, so uh, he is now shut down. The three main witnesses. Yep. For the prosecution. Yep. It's all about it's all about the sprinkling of the doubt, man. Yeah. So things are so things are going pretty well, but 
the prosecution the prosecutions is they're they're not he's not an idiot. He's got another trick up his sleeve. Uh, he's got a guy who is a I believe he's an uh, he's a forensic scientist in the automotive division of the FBI. Also in the movie Blank Check. Also in Independence Day. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, Vin, uh, Vinny objects because, and yeah, this is a, this is a real thing. Uh, you can't bring in a surprise witness with scientific accreditation without warning to the defense. No, they, they have to time. know. They, yes. Yeah, they would need time to prepare a cross-examination and take it to a defense expert who can then contradict the story. Yeah. But like, but like it, it, it's a sound objection, but he still overrules them like a dick. Yeah, because it's like he can't even try like just when it looks like Pesci's character is getting one in it's like two steps back do you know what I mean it's like is he ever going to be able to like like you feel like Fred Gwynn is like trying to like deliberately try to sabotage him you know yeah so basically uh, what the expert what the expert says is that yeah there's a, it's, a, it's a it's looking real sorry what he says is that the model of tires that were that made these tire tracks that were left the sack of suds uh, were the same that were on the car that the two defendants were driving, uh, you know, from the same scene. So, yeah, not looking great. What's also not looking great is the fact that uh, he got word back about uh, Jerry Gallo. He's <laughs> like, uh, that, you know, that he's dead and then it's not, it's not him. Whereas, <laughs> he's just like, like, yeah, we got word about Jerry Gallo. Jerry Gallo, yeah, he's dead. I know that. Look at Jerry Gallo with a G. Now I'm Jerry Gallo with a C. With a C, silly goose. You can't hear her. <laughs> yeah, so he called. He was like, okay, well, we're going to call and try this out right now. They don't answer. He's yeah. Like, okay, well, we'll, we'll we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to get to the bottom of this one way or another. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the, so the trial that now is a big curveball that they have, that they have to dispute. Uh, and is that this point, at this point where they, the two, Mona Lisa and Minnie, kind of have a falling out. He kind of freaks out about it because you know he's he's stressed. He's got to figure out how to fight a scientist and a judge who fucking hates him. Well, then I think it didn't really do well that he kind of like made fun of her photos, and yeah. her photos are actually ends up saving I his do, ass. I do love yeah. it. The case cracker, me in the shower, <laughs> me in the shower, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, he's trying to cross-examine the uh, FBI auto experts, and. His defense is pretty sound. So, like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pop, it's the most popular brand of tire, it's the most popular size of tires. So, is it possible that two similar cars or two Buick Skylogs came at the same time? Which, I mean, is a bit of a stretch. But, oh, yeah. he is, like I said, he is looking at the picture that Mona Lisa took and he yeah. notices something that could help the case. Yeah. Uh, so, he, he calls her to the stand. And I love the scene where, like, she just puts, like, puts away the, the, uh, district attorney like a boss. Well, I don't know the district attorney, but like the prosecution, the prosecution like a boss. We're oh, just yeah. like, like okay, like what are you qualified? Like what's your job? I'm a I'm a hairdresser. Yeah. How, how are you qualified as a, as an automotive expert? My dad's a mechanic. My brothers are mechanics. My grandfather, my mother's side's a mechanic. Yeah, there's three brothers. <laughs> yeah, there's three brothers were mechanics. Like she he asked him like this question about about uh you know this uh car related question, and he was like can't answer it. It's trick the trick question. And she and she lays out like all these facts, and he's yeah. like, "Okay, yeah, she 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 can testify." Yeah. So she looks at the photo and she realizes that you know, like again, Vinny's whole defense was maybe there were two Buick Skylarks there at the very at the similar time, and she's just like, 
no, it's not because if you shall, I did make these tire marks. It's maybe a, a, like a, a 63 Pontiac Tempest. Pontiac Tempest, yep. Yeah, so she lays out all, all these reasons as to how this could have, how this was a Tempest and not a Buick Skylark. Yeah. Because, you know, similar, similar build, similar height, similar width, similar length, uh, made by the same company. So it would have come in the same color. And basically, like, lays out all these all these facts, saying as to how there's no possible way that they that they could have done this. Yeah, which is fantastic just to hear her flow like that. And even the even the uh, the FBI guy comes brought in, just like, yeah, everything everything she said makes sense. Yeah, I like how Fred Gwynn just like hunches down to kind of listen to her, uh, her talk and do explanations too, because I think he's even like really intrigued and enthralled by the testimony that she gives. Yeah. At the same time, he asked the sheriff, uh, uh, Bruce McGill's character. Like, hey, uh, go look up uh, any information about uh, about this car, which was the Pontiac Tempest. I guess he knew too. Uh, so yeah, uh, turns out that there was there were two men arrested driving a stolen '63 Pontiac Tempest that was mint green, and in the car they found a 375 Magnum. Yeah, which was the, which was which the same bullets that killed the clerk. So. Yeah, uh, they won the case. Charges are dismissed. The uh, Bill and Stan are free to go. Uh, but Vinny is trying to get out of there as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't want his, uh, his he identity want the, to be released. He doesn't want the judge to, to like realize what he'd done. Yeah. Like, he's being stopped by like you know the, the prosecutor, Bill, Stan. <laughs> it's like, okay, thank you. I got to leave. But the judge gets him like, like, oh, shit, he's busted. And he's like, I had you all wrong. <laughs> Yeah, like win some, lose some. Turns out Mona Lisa had a friend at the county clerk's office who forged documents that would corroborate Vinny's story. Unreal. What are the odds? Huh? What are, yeah, right. What are the odds? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the two of them are driving off, talking about how their wedding is going to be. Since now that they've won, he won his first case, they can go and get married. So yeah, that is my cousin Vinny. So Russell, final thoughts on the film. Uh, yeah, really, uh, really glad to revisit this one. It's been a long time since I've seen this one, um, but definitely a really, really great film. Uh, the two hours really blows by really quickly. And again, kind of what we were saying, Joe Pesci really shines in this. I don't think there is another actor that I could really put in this guy's role uh, for, for Vinny at all. I, I really just, I, if you just, you think about it, you really just can't. Marissa Tomei and Pesci's chemistry in this film um, it's just fantastic. Uh, Tome definitely uh, shows why she deserved the uh, the Oscar. Man, she was fantastic in this film. Um, that back that back end of the film when she testifies, I think, really solidifies the gold statue that she won. You know what I mean? Just the way mm-hmm. she was, I think, it was just fantastic. Um, Fred Gwynn, obviously, uh, you know, just a great actor. Obviously, the monsters and stuff. Uh, he's just a really good actor, and like I said, he he plays perfectly as this like hard, you know, hard fisted uh, Southern judge. And, and you know, now you got, you got this guy, this, this like Italian thuggish guy coming down to the South and trying to represent. And um, you know, they, they play well off of one another. It's just a really, really solid film. It's a solid legal film. Um, kind of what you said. I think everything is very tight in this film. Like all that stuff comes back. There's nothing, there's no, you know, all the loose ends definitely tighten up and there's nothing in this film that is like this throwaway is a throwaway scene. You could easily have that diner scene or whatever as a throwaway scene, but it comes back. 
Um, it's just it, from top to bottom, it's a really, really good film. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, 1992 was represented with this film. It's funny. Like, there was like a, just like rain. I, I stumbled upon it on TV once yeah. a couple years ago. And it was like halfway, it was like halfway through. And like after that, I just became like, I became like obsessed with that movie for like, with the movie for like a month. Like, that I was the first it. time you saw it? No, 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 no. I, I'd oh, seen it before okay. that, but like, I just, it just like it reignited that. Like, I watched that movie yeah. like six times in the span of a month. Yeah. Because like, I think it's that rewatchable. I think it's interesting. Like, when, when people bring up like best comedies of the 90s, yeah. bring up, you know, stuff like, you know, like Home Alone, Clueless, uh, Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber, yeah. Uh, I feel like not enough people uh, bring up my cousin Van's conversation because, like, t- I think uh, this is legit one of the best comedies of the entire decade. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's it's a really good film. I think it definitely goes under the radar for sure. Yeah, it's like incre- it's it's super tightly written, uh, well acted. Like you said, Pesci and Tomei are just phenomenal in this. Rob Macchio is really good in the movie. Yeah, they have to go up against like these like really like great actors. Uh, I don't think it's just like really great in terms of accuracy to the legal system. Jonathan Lynn, the director, actually has a law degree from Cambridge. Really? So yeah, like he like he knew like how to portray these scenes and how to do it right. And actually, like like I said earlier, like a lot of attorneys, a lot of lawyers regard this film have super like high regards for this film for its depiction of legal procedure. So yeah, I think that for that it deserves it deserves a lot of praise as well. And yeah, this, this is an all around fantastic film. It's like yeah. a two hour runtime flies by. Yeah, you know, it was good. No, no, and it was good. Like I, you know, I think with these year uh, anniversaries, it's easy always to put the best picture winner. And I, I wanted to shy away from Unforgiven. That's kind of why I, I threw what I, I threw on there. I think I threw what singles and. Uh, which is funny because I was looking at the poster for single before we did the poll. I'm just like, oh, interesting. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good film. I remember checking it out. I, it, it's it's the grunge era of, of, of music. I, the soundtrack's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. The soundtrack's fantastic. Um, definitely a good film. Um, but yeah, I was really glad to revisit this one, though, for sure. It had been quite some time since I've seen it. Um, I was either hoping Glenn Glary, Glenn Ross, I've never seen. So I was kind of hoping for that. Oh, that movie's fantastic. That was another one I, I was cool with. Um, what the hell else did I put on there? What else was there? Singles and what else did I put on? I know I, mean, I, I mean, can't jump. What the what else, what else did we do? I, I, it was one that I put on there. I think I, I, I maybe I, I didn't see it. I think I wanted to see it and I put it on there, baby. Was that it? Let me see. Let me see. What, what, else, what else did we put on? Let's, let, 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 uh, let's find out. I'm trying to think here. Uh, a few good men. Oh, a few good men. Uh, yeah, that you was you a few good men. Never seen a few good men. Oh, shit. yeah. So that was another one I wanted. I wanted to, uh, put on there just so i can you know see one of these films that i hadn't seen that's kind of why i put it on there yeah well either way we got we got, we got a good one to look at 92 and uh russell that's gonna do it for today's show you want to go plug for head out yeah you guys can find us notorious by chance on facebook that's where we put the polls up for you guys to vote on what we take care of and uh, you guys can also find us on youtube by notorious by chance you can find me on twitter Instagram, chance wars underscore 91 uh check out the pj camel network where i'm gonna be doing shows in the future and uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening. And next month, time of September, we're doing one poll for the entire month. It is our new annual direct timber, where we're going to spend the entire month of September looking at one director. Uh, we've got a lot of great options. Our poll should be on the Facebook as of dropping this episode. So yeah, we're going to figure out who we're going to be spending the month of September with. After that, of course, we got our fifth annual uh, scare fest 
Uh, we got a theme for this year. We'll, we'll roll that out later. But yeah, we got a lot of great stuff coming on the, the podcast feed and the YouTube. Feed. We're going to start, you know, a couple of stuff out for that. But until then, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.